Welcome to the Art of Successful Living. My name is Joanne Williams. This podcast is all about learning how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining in today as we continue Women of the Bible, Heart Truths, Beautiful Stories. The Bible is full of stories that we retell, and these stories remind us of what God is like. It also reminds us of what God has done in their lives and inspires us as we continue to walk with Christ. This series is intended to help us dig deeper into the stories of biblical women so that we might be challenged, strengthened, and encouraged in our faith. Today, we're going to be talking about Hagar. I want you to know that there's a lot to explain here. And because of this, I'm just giving you the quick view of this woman's story. I strongly encourage you to go back Uh, after you listen to this podcast and read the story from the Bible to fill in all the details because I don't have time to go into every single little nuance and uh, although uh, it's so rich and it's so important for us to have all those little nuances and and, uh, different little things that the Bible gives us but I would have to stretch this over two or three uh, podcast episodes and I just don't have the time to do that. So we're going to be talking about Hagar, and I'm going to title this A Woman Who Was Homeless, Husbandless, and Helpless. Our scripture reference reads, She called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of sin. For she said, Truly, I have seen him who looks after me. And this is coming from Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. Sometimes we are not valued for who we are, but rather for how we can be exploited for another's advantage. And I can sure attest to that. Users take what they want and leave us with nothing once our usefulness to them has passed. But God didn't create us to be used and discarded. If we let Hagar speak, I wonder if she might not tell us that it wasn't supposed to end up like it did. In Egypt, there was a custom. A woman who failed to bear a child would be set aside, sent away, no longer a wife according to their customs. But Abram kept Sarai and she kept Hagar. In a Canaan, I guess I can get that word right, Canaan, in Canaan, a woman could give her servant, her slave to, oh, wait, let me just rephrase that, say that all again. In Canaan, a woman could give her servant, her slave uh, to her husband as a concubine, and the child born would be credited to the wife. The servant could be used in any child she bore taken from her and not counted as her own. Sarai stated that her husband could possibly obtain a child through Hagar. And so, um, you know, he came in unto her and basically she had no choice and he had sex with her. 
uh, because the wife gave permission for him to go into uh, her slave. So uh, Hagar conceived. And again, according to the customs of Egypt, Sarai being childless would have been stripped of her title and position and sent away. Now, this Egyptian woman, uh, because she became pregnant, she now despises Abram's wife. So the wife goes to her husband, Sarai, and complains to him, man, doesn't this read like a romance novel or something? Anyway, she complains to him about this, that, that Hagar despises her. And the next thing you know, Abram tells the wife, you know what? She's your servant. Do as you please. So Sarai beats her. She's harsh to her and Hagar runs away. And then she collapses near a spring of water in tears. She encounters an angel who was a messenger of God. And, and the angel told her, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? Man, can you answer that question? Where have you come from and where are you going? Do you even know where you're going? Anyway, Hagar responds by telling him that she is fleeing from her mistress. He tells her to return to her mistress and submit to her. He spoke to her and told her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for the multitude. Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son and you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. Somebody mistreated you. Let God handle it. He knows, he sees, and he will deal with it. She called God in this uh, situation, in this circumstance, she called him Jehovah Jireh or Jehovah Yareh, the God who sees and provides. So she went back to Sarai and gave birth and served Sarai. Abram loved his son, you know, as well. He, he, he loved Ishmael. Eventually, Sarai, who was renamed Sarah, gave birth to a son as well. His name was Isaac. Abram now has two sons. But now Sarai, the wife, tells her husband to cast out the slave woman with her son because he's not going to be heir to Abram's estate, to Abram's position, his title, his wealth, all these things. She says, cast her out. So now this is being done while they are celebrating um, um Isaac being winged, you know, um, and he cast out the slave woman and her son. Abram sent them away with nothing but some bread and water, a little bit of bread, a little bit of water. Her and her son wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba until the provisions ran out and both of them were near death. Once again, God intervenes. So glad when he does. So glad he does.
So often people, you know, they ignore Hagar's story as if, you know, she was like a footnote in the story of Abraham and Sarah. You know, they they talk about how, you know, Abraham and Sarah uh, tried to do things their own way. And then they move on from that and they begin to talk about Abraham and Sarah. And they forget all about Hagar. Hagar was not only used by Abraham and Sarah in an attempt to secure God's promises of a child on their own terms, but she was also used by the Pharaoh who gave her to Sarah in the first place. And the reason why he did that is because Abraham lied. And then when the truth was found out, um, you know, they, uh, the Pharaoh sent them away with, you know, all this extra stuff, including a slave which was Hagar. So, um, she, she, um, she was not only used by Abram and Sarah in an attempt to secure God's promise of a child on their own terms, but she was also used by the Pharaoh who gave her to Sarah, then given to a man sexually to bear a son that would not be her own. They left her homeless, husbandless and helpless. Yet God transformed her circumstances. She was out there in that wilderness all by herself about to die. God came on the scene. God transformed her circumstances. God can do the same for us. He can take the worst of the worst, the worst of what we have suffered. And despite, even if there's bitterness, if there's anger, if there's hurt, humiliation, whatever it is, he can redeem us. Cause that's what God does. When others leave us without a place of safety, without a home, just remember, God is with us. Contrary to Sarai's plans and the Canaanite customs, Ishmael was never Sarah's or Sarai's. Every scripture reference indicates Hagar was accepted as his mother, despite the prearranged plan. Not only did God make her a mother, he promised her that a nation would come from her. God is the author and the finisher of our faith. He plans. He prepares. Abram did not protect the woman who carried his son. Once pregnant and she ran away, she was uncared for by the father of her child. The father didn't care anything about her or his kid. Abraham, you, you out. I got a son now. You know, yet God saw her. He told her when he told her to go back and submit to Sarah. So the thing is, does that mean that God expects us to return and submit ourselves to the ones who used us? That's the question that we have to, we have to explore. We have to answer, not explore. We have to answer. No, no to the nth degree. We don't have to. He sent Hagar back to save her. Hagar was alone and pregnant. So God sent her back in that situation, but God does not always tell us to go back to the one who has used us. Oftentimes he tells us to get away or he makes a way of escape. 
And then the other thing is there are more scriptures in reference to Hagar than Sarah. See, God had a plan for this hopeless woman, not because she was great, but because God is. God is great. God is mighty. This is the same God who loves and looks after you and me today. The day Abraham threw Hagar out and her son, and he only provided them with a little bread and water this second time with no help, no consideration, no concern, God intervenes. Look at God. Where there was no way, where there was nowhere to go and no one to turn to, God set her free from slavery. God set her free from death in the wilderness to be a mother of multitudes. Look at God. He also allowed her son to live. God did this. God stepped in when others mistreated her. God rectified this situation. God longs to give us a future as well. No matter what our past, no matter what others think of us, no matter how we have been used, God, the God who sees can open our eyes to new hope, new freedom, new vision, and he can create a new future. God says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Matthew chapter 28. Verse 20, look at God. Isn't he amazing? When they thought we don't have anything, we have no need of her. Look at God. Look at how he moving. Look at how he cares. Look at how he fixes it. He can fix it. He's the real fixer upper. If you have enjoyed this episode of Women of the Bible, Hard Truths, Beautiful Stories, give me a thumbs up. Also, click that notification button so you can be notified when the next podcast comes out. Until next time, be blessed.